Welcome to Matt Noel Ministries Sermon Podcast. Feel free to download these sermons and share them with your friends and family. Thanks for listening. God bless. Oh, praise the Lord. Amen? Amen. Wow. That guy really needs the Word of God, doesn't he? <laughs> Anyways, we shouldn't judge. Father, we thank you, Lord, for just, God, your love and your goodness and your faithfulness to us. Father, you truly are with us, Lord. You are Emmanuel, God, with us. And Lord, we just rejoice in that, that we are never alone. And you're there, there to help us, Lord, even like as Mary testified, Lord, you're, you're there and you're helping her, God. You're, you're helping her overcome. You're helping her get through the things that, Lord, weigh heavy upon her, God. And Lord, so many of us, God, all of us here have these things, Lord, that we just need you in, O oh God, and you are our very present help in times of trouble. So God, we just rejoice this morning, Father. We thank you. Thank you for your goodness to us, Lord. In Jesus' name, may we not be distracted. Amen. Uh, you can turn to your Bibles to the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 1. We're going to read a story here that I love. It's one of my favorite stories in the Bible. And it's about a woman wanting a baby. And you'd say, like, wow, why would that be, you know, this young man? Why would he love the story of a woman wanting a baby? When there's like David and Goliath and Daniel and the lions and all these amazing, crazy, gory even stories in the Word of God. But this is a story that's really, God just really, um, I, I read it, you know, thoroughly for the first time a few years back and I just loved it ever since. And we're just going to read here, uh, 1 Samuel chapter 1. We'll just start reading right at verse 1 there. Uh, now there was a certain man of, I'll try to get the names right. It's kind of crazy the first few verses here of names. Uh, there was a certain man of Ramathame, Zophim, of the mountains of Ephraim, and his name was Elkanah. So in other words, there's a man named Elkanah. And the, the son of... We'll, we'll leave it there. We're not going to get the history. There's a dude named Elkanah, okay? Verse 1. <laughs> we'll break it down. And Elkanah had two wives. The name of one wife was Hannah. I don't know how he did it, because I can barely handle one sometimes. Praise the Lord. Just joking. He had two wives. The name of one was Hannah, and the name of the other was Panina. Panina had children, but Hannah had no children. This man went up from his city yearly to worship and sacrifice to the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. Also, the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, the priests of the Lord, were there. And whenever the time came for Elkanah to make an offering, he would give portions to Panina, his wife, and to all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah he would give a double portion, because he loved Hannah, although the Lord had closed her womb. And her rival, speaking of Panina, Panina also provoked her severely to make her miserable, because the Lord had closed her womb. So it was year by year, when she went up to the house of the Lord, that she, speaking of Penina, provoked Hannah. Therefore, Hannah wept and did not eat. Verse 8. Then Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Hannah, why do you weep? Why don't you eat? And why is your heart grieved? Listen to this. What a, what a sensitive husband he is. Am I not better to you than ten sons? He knows she wants a boy more than anything else. And he's like... Baby, what's up? Why are you so broken down? Why are you crying, girl? Aren't I better than ten sons? I mean, what an insensitive man this guy was. 
And so Hannah arose after they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh. And now Eli the priest was sitting on the seat by the doorpost of the tabernacle. And she was in bitterness of soul and prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish. And she made a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you indeed look upon the affliction of your maidservant and remember me and, and not forget your maidservant, but will give me a male child, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life and no razor shall come upon his head. And it happened as she continued praying before the Lord that Eli watched her mouth. Now Hannah spoke within her heart. Only, uh, only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore, Eli thought she was drunk. So Eli said to her, How long will you be drunk, woman? Put your wine away from you. But Hannah answered and said, No, my Lord, I am a woman of sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor intoxicating drink, but have poured my heart out before the Lord. Now that's a lot in one story, but we find this woman, Hannah, she desires more than anything else. This burning desire within her to have a male son. She wants a son. But for some reason, God has made a choice in her life that she can't have kids. And there's women like that today. They're just their womb. They're not fertile. Whatever, they, whatever, however you say. But her womb was closed. And so this other, I don't know why they had two wives back there, whatever, but they did. So Alkana had a wife named Penina who had lots of kids, boys and girls, and she was fruitful. She was blessed with kids. And his other wife, Hannah, couldn't bear child, but he loved Hannah so much more. And so this woman, Penina, this brutal woman, Penina, would constantly provoke this woman. Look what the Bible says about her in verse 6. Penina provoked her severely. It wasn't just making fun of her. It wasn't just insulting her or, or, or mocking her. She provoked Hannah severely to make her miserable. Now, isn't that an awesome picture of what the enemy's goal is to do to you and I? We have these dreams. We have these desires that just don't seem to come to pass. They're not being fulfilled. There's something that burns within us, but there's all these, these things that are, that, are, that are bothering us. There's all these, these distractions in our lives that are preventing us from fulfilling this desire within us. How many say amen to that? But the enemy comes and he, and, he, and he lies and he brings circumstances and he brings troubles and heartaches and, 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 and financial problems and people who hate you, kind of like Penina with, Han with Hannah. Are you with me? Yeah. It's the great picture of how the enemy is with us. He brings these distractions into our lives and Hannah's face to face with it. And look at verse 7. So it was year by year. When uh, Hannah went up to the house of the Lord, that Penina provoked her, even in the house of God. And isn't that funny? Do you know that people and the enemy is working even inside the church? Amen? Because the, the devil likes to get within people's minds and emotions. He likes to stir up lies. Do you know they said this? Do you know, Look what they're wearing. Do you know they're thinking this? What, what, what about, and the enemy stirs up all these lies within you and with me. And if we listen to him, we will start to provoke even our brothers and sisters in Christ within the house of God. It's happening right here. It was happening outside the church, constantly being provoked by Penina. You don't have kids. Nah, 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 nah. I got lots of kids. Blah, blah, blah. You, and she would make her miserable and make her become depressed. Even to a point where the Bible says she was weeping in anguish. Not just crying. I mean, picture weeping in anguish. She, oh, God! And she was falling on her face, crying out to God in anguish. Why can't I have a son? Why do you let this woman provoke me? Why do you let this happen to me, God? Are you, do you understand what she went through? And then it also happened in the church, in the so-called house of God. 
And we're not going to get into details because uh, uh, Eli's sons were messed up in themselves. So no wonder the enemy was working in that church. Amen? Well, that's a whole other message. And so we find here that this woman is being harassed and distracted all over the place by this woman, Panina. Number one, this woman, Panina, is a huge distraction in, in the plans of God for Hannah. And we read on here, she goes on and she comes, she's weeping in anguish. And next thing you know, her, it might have been before, excuse me. No, then her, then her husband comes after Penina. She has to deal with Penina. Distraction number one. And then her husband comes to her. And we already, we already looked at Elkanah. Come on, girl, get it together. Aren't I better? You don't need sons, you got me. You know, and just total another, just like, man, like even my husband can't just cry with me. Even my, the one who claims to love me and, 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 and has committed his life to me, even he can't cry with me. Even he doesn't understand this desire within my heart. Distraction number two. And then she goes up and she's in the tabernacle of the Lord and she's, she's so distraught at all these things, at all these attacks from people, Panina, her husband, the devil himself, and she just wants this son. She's got this great desire. And so she goes to church, and she's in church, and she's weeping, and the pastor or the priest comes, and he sees this broken woman coming, and, 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 she, and she's crying out to God, but she looks like she's in a drunken state. She looks like she's distraught. And so he immediately says, Woman, why are you drunk? Who do you think you are to come to the house of God drunk? Get this drunk, this, this drink, this, this wine, this beer out of your life. When really she said, No, I am just so broken. Look at the three distractions in this woman's life. She wanted a son. Panina was all over her. Ha ha, you don't got one. I've got lots. So she moves on. She, she just keeps going past Penina. Then her husband comes. I'm better than any sons you could have. You don't need a son. Distraction number two from this desire in her heart. She keeps going. She goes to church where she thinks it's a safe place to go. And the pastor judges her. Why are you drunk, woman? Get out of here. Distraction number three. She is alone with God. She's got this desire and all she's got is God. How many of you know that all we need is God? We don't need man's approval. We don't need business approval. We don't need money support from, from, from big top money rolling dogs. We need Jesus Christ. If you've got a desire burning within your heart, you look your eyes upon Jesus. And all these things of the world will mean nothing. They'll fade away. Oh, they'll hurt. They'll make you feel like junk like they did for Hannah. But she stayed focused. She did not let the distractions the enemy was bringing upon her into her life. She stayed focused. And because of her not being distracted from the things the enemy brought into her life, God blessed her with a son. Amen? When we stay focused on Jesus Christ, when we stay focused on our relationship with God, nothing else, nothing more, our relationship with God, then He will bring the desires of our heart to pass like he did for Hannah. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. I want you to know, as you guys, many of you know, we got a four-year-old son. He's a great boy. We love him very much. And it's funny because uh, at times he becomes distracted. And that goes for a lot of four-year-olds. Many of you have been experienced four-year-olds in your life before raising them. And it's funny because there's times in the home where he's at the level of, of all the doorknobs on the, on the closet doors or the railing going down the stairs to the, to the door to leave. You know, he, he's head level with all these things. And 
And we always joke, and he's, he should be thankful for this because you'll know why, but we always joke, Austin, you got the hardest head because when I wrestle with my boy, I love to wrestle with him, and he headbutts me by an accident, it hurts. And so my wife and I always joke, buddy, you got the hardest head in the world. And he, he laughs because he really does. I mean, if you want to know, just ask, say, Austin, headbutt me. You'll find out. But anyways, it's funny because like, there's times where he's walking down the hallway and he's like being a goofball and he's, he's pretending to be like something or someone or he's just distracted by something and he is, bam, his head runs hard into the door handle. Or there's times we go down the stairs and, and he turns the quarter without looking and bam, in the side of the handle on the, on the stairs. And just a few weeks back, we were in no frills. And there was this metal cart in the middle of the aisle with like discount soap or something. And I was walking with him, Cindy's up there, and, and he was kind of trailing behind me. You know how they do it. And just dragging their feet, talking to themselves, and bam, he runs right into this metal cart. But the crazy thing is about this is that he starts to freak out at the object he ran into. So if he runs into a doorknob, he's like, you doorknob, why are you doing this to me? You shouldn't do this to me. And, and I'm like, dude, like, that's, he doesn't know. That thing will have feelings. But my point in telling you that story is that when my son gets distracted by these little things or thoughts or whatever goes through his mind, who knows, only God knows, it can leave minor consequences because he gets a bump or he gets a bruise or he just gets frustrated and angry, right? But sometimes when we get distracted in life and we, when we come across things that are not meant for us to be involved with, they can leave minor consequences. Back when I was 19 years old, I was desperately, I was, I was very dumb, I was immature, God was trying to do a work in my life. Um, I got out of a bad relationship at the time and I took some time off, but maybe three days off and then I wanted another relationship. I was dumb. I was like, oh God, please do this. And yet, anyway, so I was out in this process of trying to impress these, these girls and they had to be Christian, so I'd go to the Christian roller skate night at the roller rink and it was just a bunch of foolishness and never worked for me. And... Uh, and so one time, we, me and my friend were at this Christian kind of rock concert, and uh, we had these two friends who were girls with us, and we were just having a great time, and, and the lights were off, and, and, and the band was rocking out, and everyone was having a great time. It's just boom, boom, thousand foot crutch, for those of you who know him. And we, and we were jumping around and stuff, and we were up on the, on the balcony part, and, and, and I was jumping around, just, just acting crazy, having fun, trying to impress these girls, I'm sure, trying to think, this guy's funny, this guy's neat, wow. And really, it wasn't doing nothing. But I became so distracted by trying to impress this friend of mine, this girlfriend of mine or whatever, trying to just do what I can to make her like me, that because I wasn't paying attention to where I was, my surroundings, what I was doing exactly at the time, it was dark, there were some stairs up on the balcony. And my left foot landed on the stair, and my right foot landed half on the stair. And how many of you know when you're jumping around, you don't want a foot to land half on the stair? Because you know what happens? <laughs> And that's exactly what happened. I fell down like a sack of potatoes. I was in tremendous pain. I didn't know what happened. I knew it was bad. I drove home in pain from, for half an hour drive. Got home, went to sleep somehow. The next morning, I was crying for mommy. Mommy, come here. She came into my room and she took me to the hospital. And it turns out that I broke my main bone in my ankle called the talus bone. 
I, bro- I cracked it right in half. It went right in half. So I was out for three months. They had to put some screws and needles, which are still there today. And it was bad. And so my point in telling you that is, yeah, you can bump your head and you'll get a minor consequence. You can go jumping around at a concert trying to impress a girl being foolish like that, and you, be, you and because you become so distracted on what you're even doing that, and no, I wasn't drunk at all. I was, trust me that. But I became distracted that I broke my ankle and it was a severe consequence. I was out for three months, couldn't drive my new car. I couldn't uh, go to my new job that I was enjoying very much. I was just wanting to go, but God brought me on hold and he slowed me down for three months. And in that time, God got a hold of my life. But then there's another situation that can happen. When we become so distracted by things of this world, it can be uh, devastating. It can destroy us. It can bring death into our lives. If we, if we let these distractions of the world, the things that the enemy brings into our lives, if we just follow them and we're so focused on what the world is doing and what people are saying and what the media is portraying and what the enemy is lying, we're just following it. When our eyes aren't on God, we're, we're just doing Sunday morning and then throughout the week, we're just following the ways of the world and we're so distracted by the enemy and the things of this world. Back in 1912, I believe it was the year, uh, Captain E.J. Smith, many of you will know more about this than me, but the Titanic, it was about to have its, its first voyage and it would end up being its last voyage as we know. And it was leaving Southampton, England, and, and, and this was the Captain E.J. Smith's, his final uh, trip, his final voyage as captain. And he was so excited, and, and his, his ambition this captain, his goal, his purpose for this thing wasn't first and foremost to get the 1,500 passengers safely to New York City. His first primary goal was, he, was to get from Southampton to New York City in a record time. He wanted to beat the records. That was his number one goal. When they got on the ship, he ignored seven iceberg warnings from people all around. Stop. Turn around. Slow down. Go this way. Go that way. Do this. No, 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 no. Seven times. Why? Because he was so distracted by what really mattered. Just getting the people safely to the destination. He was so distracted by setting a record time, by making a name for himself, he could get this record and then go on vacation and retire a hero. His name would get written in the book and he would be a big shot. He would be well known for the rest of history. But instead, he was so distracted by this. All he wanted was to get a record. And we all know what happened. Because of him ignoring the signs, ignoring the warning signals of where he was going, so distracted by what he was doing, He hit an iceberg and the Titanic sank and it was devastating. It brought death. Do you hear what I'm saying this morning? Distractions can bring minor consequences. They can bring severe consequences or they can bring deadly, fatal consequences into our lives. And this is why the Word of God says in Hebrews 12, 1, and I believe verse 2 as well, but very familiar. The Bible says, Let us lay aside the weight and the sin that so easily besets us so that we can what? Run the race with endurance. Could you imagine, would you see in the Olympics a 100 meter sprinter with a bag of 100 pound weights on his back? Is he going to win? Is he going to run with endurance? Or run in the marathon? Is he going to, is he, is he even going to finish the race? No, why? Because he's got to let that weight drop. Notice how the Bible says it's not just sin. Okay? We all have that one thing. Show me your hand in terms of sin. We know it's, a, and it's against God. There, our whole life, 
I've been there before where there was that one thing growing up as a teenager that would always get me. Come on, show me your hand. There's, there's just one thing. It just keeps coming back to you. It's not just a whole bunch of things you struggle with, but this, it just seems to me that he's got this, this one area that is just so weak in our lives. Yeah, God says, let that go. But he also says, let go of things that are weights. They could be good things. They could be your career, your job, your, even the ministry, even preaching around the world. Whatever it is, something that's great, it can be a weight in your walk with God and it can be a distraction from our focusing completely on Jesus. Amen? It's not just sin. It's not just evil, dark, wicked things. It can be good, even righteous, good things that we're doing. But if it's distracting us from our personal walk with Jesus Christ, then that's not good. And that's what the Bible says. We're to lay those things aside. How do you do it? It's so weak. We walk in the Spirit so that we do not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. We just cry out to God just as we are. We don't have to come to a place. We don't have to read our Bible even more. We don't even have to pray in tongues more. We just got to cry out to God. Help me, Lord. Help me to lay these things down. I know that my eyes have not been only on you. And I'm so guilty of this sometimes. Even now, there's things I struggle with. There's things Pastor Mike, I'm sure, struggle with. All of us. Why? Because we're flesh. But if we keep our eyes on Jesus, we won't sink. We won't come crashing down. We won't become burnt out. We won't become depressed. And, and, and we're to a point where we quit. Yes, it will be hard. Yes, there will be times where you feel you can't go on. Man, only God knows how many times I wanted to move back to Kitchener. Only God knows how many times I've wanted to, to leave ministry at this young age because it gets hard. Amen? Life gets hard. But when we keep our eyes on Jesus and not on the things of this life, the Bible says in 1 John, do not love the things of this world or the world or the things that are in it because it's passing away. It's passing away. It's going to be burned up. And in a trillion years from now, where are we going to be? Praise the Lord. Amen. We're to lay aside these weights. The world says, go, 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 do, 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 go, 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 get this, get this, achieve this, you know, become this, you know, get a name for yourself and do, 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 do all these things. And it's just crazy. And your mind just goes crazy. And Jesus says, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And then what? What happens then? And the things of earth, the things of this world, all the distractions of this world will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory. Amen? 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 It's true. Help us, Lord, to do that. We remember Peter walking on the water. We all know this story. We learned it as kids. The disciples are on the boat. Jesus comes out. Ah, it's a ghost. And they're freaking out. The storm's raging all around. It's a ghost. We're going to die. Who is that man? And Jesus is like, you fools, it's me. And he says, it is I. It's Jesus. It's me. And so the storm's raging. The disciples are freaking out. And, and, and Peter kind of sees him. And, and Peter's like, Lord, if it's you, command me to come. And Jesus says, Peter, it's me. Come. And what did he do? Peter came. Peter jumped out on the boat and what happened? He sunk. No, he walked on water. Why? Because his eyes were on Jesus. 
Yeah, he had faith. He believed in God. He believed he could do a miracle by the power of Jesus within him. He could believe that all these things can happen for those who believe. He believed that. But more importantly, his eyes were on Jesus. He stopped looking at the storm. He was scared at one point, but he took his eyes off the wind and the dark clouds and the waves crashing over the boat. He took his eyes off even the other disciples, his other partners who were scared. He just got rid of all that distraction. And it was like this calm came over him when he saw it was Jesus. And he said, Jesus, I'm coming. I don't care about all these distractions around me. I'm coming. And he did the impossible. He walked on the water to Jesus. And then he decided to start walking in his flesh again. And he took his eyes off, off of Jesus like we all do so many times. So easily he can get us. And he took his eyes. And once again, he put his eyes on the, on the storm and the, and the lightning and the rain. And what happened? He fell. He sunk immediately. And Jesus, by his grace and mercy, as we sang this morning, thank God for his mercy. Hallelujah. Immediately he reached down and pulled him back up. Praise God. Amen. What happened? What happened, Peter? You were doing it, Peter. You were doing it. He just took his eyes off Jesus. But aren't you glad? (laughs) Aren't you glad that when we take our eyes off Jesus, we can get back up and he holds us again and we can look at him once more and there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus? Hallelujah. I am so grateful for that this morning. You have no idea. Hallelujah. Amen. What a prime example he was. Distractions are everywhere in this life. This world is fading away. I mean, you look on TV, you look on billboards, you look on magazines at the grocery store. Every, like, it, it's, this world is falling apart. This world is coming down. And Jesus Christ, as Pastor Jim always always prophesies and, and, and proclaims by faith, Jesus Christ is coming soon, very soon. Because Jesus said that as the days of Noah were, so will they be when I'm coming back. And if you look around, the intents of men's hearts seem to be only evil nowadays. Amen? It's, it's terrible. There's, I, I don't know the full details in the story, but there's, there's an artist, and I don't listen to secular radio at all, or music or anything like that, but... There's an artist that I've heard, I heard another friend of mine talking about. Her name is Katy Perry. Some of you may know her. And she apparently, she's the secular artist out there. She's getting really big, probably making big bucks. And she's getting really popular in the secular world of music. But apparently years back, she, she grew up in a Christian home. She grew up her, I, I think her mom and dad were pastors. If not, her dad was a pastor. She grew up in the, in the church. She grew up serving God. And she even at one point in her life, some, some years back, made a Christian album. I believe her name, she changed her name. Her name used to be, I think it was Katie Hudson, if I'm correct. And, and a friend of mine, just up in, in, in town here, he has a, a, an album of hers when she was serving God, when she was singing music for Jesus Christ and glorifying the Lord. But now, what happened? Now she's making this music. She wrote a song called I Kissed a Girl. And I was at work one time by this woman who had a radio on. And I heard the song come on. And so I just waited because I, I knew the story. And I wanted to hear kind of what these lyrics were saying. And this woman is singing this song who used to be serving Jesus, worshiping Christ in her music, serving God, glorifying Jesus in her music, is now talking about a, 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 a lesbian relationship that she's engaging in outside of her boyfriend. And I heard this and I'm like, oh my God, how could this happen, Lord? Distracted by the enemy. 
We'll give you this amount of money. Sign here. We like your voice. We like your look. We like your image. We think you've got some big time skill. Just sign here. Take your eyes off Jesus. Take your eyes off eternal things, which really matter. Put your eyes on temporal things right now. Sign here. Sign this paycheck's yours to start. Here's some bonuses. All we want you to do is sing this junk, sing this rubbish, and just serve the enemy, serve the world, but you're going to get money. And that's exactly what happened. You see, when we aren't focused every day, it's got to be in every moment of everyday thing of Jesus, I need you now. Why? Because everywhere we go, as we just talked about, there's sin. There's just so, it's just, there's things that are so exposed nowadays. Who knows where, if we're here, if the Lord tarries or waits in 15 years, if we're still here, where it's going to be then. It's brutal. So everywhere we go, we just got to be Jesus. Let your word stay within me so that I don't sin against you, God. Lord, keep me just looking at right things. If I see something with my eyes that's not of you, Father, may I turn away and may I walk the other way. May I run the other way. If I say things, if I find myself gossiping, Lord, may I repent on the spot. Ask the people to forgive me and run and walk the other way and start praising you with my lips. If I, if, if I'm, if I'm doing things, if I'm using my hands for the things of this world, for my own greedy purposes, my own selfish gain, Father, I drop it in Jesus' name and I want to serve you with my hands. If I'm running around to and fro doing my own thing, it may not be sinful things, but Lord, if it's not your will for my life, if I know that you don't want me here and there, Father, slow me down. Even cut off my left little toe. Slow me down that I might get my eyes back on Jesus, not religion, not church, not better preaching, not better programs, not a bigger building for your church. Just Jesus. All we need is a, all we need is a Bible and Jesus. All we need is the Lord. That's all we need. We don't need this world. Why? It's faded away. And I remind myself this every day because there's so many things that I want. I want to own my own house someday. I would like maybe a, 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 a new fridge with some ice cubes coming at the front of it. I, you know, I, there's this, I, I want to be full-time ministry. I want to be preaching more. I want this and that. There's things in my life that I want. And that's okay, amen? Amen? That's okay. God wants us to, He wants us to live a blessed life, yes. But more importantly, He wants to bring me to a place where my life is not about me anymore. And He cuts me down and breaks me down and builds me up so I'm just serving Jesus with everything about me. And that's hard. That's hard. The Bible says that He chastens whom He loves so that we can partake in His holiness. Oh God. Man, it's hard. This is hard, but we are in this together, amen? And if we're struggling, if one of you is struggling today, you know there's things that God wants out. Man, we are in this together. I need you, you need me, we need Pastor Mike, he needs us. Let's together keep our eyes on Jesus, looking unto Jesus, what? The author, the finisher of our faith, together, joined as one, amen? We can do this thing. And when you hear a lie, rebuke it in Jesus' name. Call upon the name of the Lord. He'll come. Amen. Praise God. We find here in Luke chapter 10. You don't have to turn there. Just listen. Luke 10, verse 38. Now it happened. Jesus and, and them, they went. And he entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she uh, had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his words. But Martha was distracted with much serving. 
And she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, would you tell her to help me, Jesus? And Jesus answered her and said, listen what he says, Martha, Martha. I've learned that in the Word of God, when the Lord or a prophet of the Lord says your name twice, it ain't good. <laughs> He's, God's, trying to, God's trying to get your attention. Eh? Like, Matthew, this is what I've heard many times. Matthew, 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 Matthew. Not from my wife, yeah, but from God himself. Okay, so he, Jesus is like, she's like, would you tell her to help me? And Jesus is like, Martha, Martha. Listen to what he says. You are worried and you are troubled about many things. Listen to this. This is powerful. But one thing is needed. <laughs> when I read that, I underlined it in blue, put a star and an arrow and the word wow beside it. You can check after. But one thing is needed. Not two things. Not do this and this. It's very simple, he said. One thing is needed. And Mary has chosen this good thing, which will not be taken from her. Hallelujah for that. What's he talking about? What is Jesus saying? Here is these two women, Martha and Mary, come into our home. Jesus comes in. Imagine me and my wife at home right now. Jesus comes into our house. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the one who saved me of my sins, walks up my stairs, sits on my couch, and I stay in the kitchen because I want to make these mashed potatoes perfect. I don't want any lumps in these potatoes. I want to make sure the plates that I serve him food on are crystal clean. I put more dishwasher detergent in it. Wash them again so they're nice and crystal clean. I want to make sure the, the Coca-Cola yeah, has four ice cubes and they're all the same dimensions. I want to be perfect for Jesus. And Cindy goes out and I see Cindy there sitting at Jesus' feet. Worshipping Him. Kissing His feet. Loving Jesus. Just listening to His words as Mary was doing. And I said, Cindy, what are you doing, girl? Come help me here. I don't know what I'm doing here in the kitchen. Come help me. And Jesus is like, Matthew, 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 Matthew. Buddy, slow down. Only one thing is needed. And what's that one thing? I'm going to tell you what the one thing Jesus wants from me and from you. It's just you. That's it. You. Nothing, nothing you can build up. Nothing more that you can achieve for Him. Nothing more that's greater than somebody else. He doesn't want our achievements. He doesn't want our clean utensils and plates in the kitchen. He doesn't want anything that we can accomplish here in this world. He wants us. Jesus, you have me. Take me. I don't have much to offer. I don't have much education. I got grade A education, Lord. I got not a dime in the bank, Lord. My car is broken down. I'm living, God, in this rundown apartment, God. God, nobody seems to like me, but you have me, Lord. Take me, Lord. There's nothing much. And Jesus wants that. He says, Martha, slow down. Mary has done this one thing, and what she chose is eternal. No one will take that from her. This food and these plates will all burn up one day. This doesn't matter where we sit, where we eat, what we do, what we accomplish with Jesus. All He wants is us. Amen. Mary knew this. And that's why when she came in, she fell at the feet of Jesus. Amen. We can stand in the presence of God. Felt that you don't have to come. That's okay. We're just going to close in prayer. Hallelujah. Father. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, mighty God. Father, we, oh God, we know, Lord. We know, God, this world is fading away, Jesus. But Lord, we don't, we don't wake up depressed because of it, God. We don't wake up all worried about, oh God, what's going to happen next? 
What's coming, oh God? God, our eyes are on you, Jesus. Father, we want to be like Hannah, God. All these distractions, all these things that are all surrounding us, Father God. We don't want to be distracted by these things, Lord. We just, we just wait patiently in your presence right now, Father. And we know, God, that all you want is us. All you want is us. You want our cares. You want our burdens. You want our troubles. You want our, the things that weigh heavy upon us, God. You said to cast them upon you because you care for us, Lord. So, Father, we do that now in this very moment. We lay the things down, the weights that just are so heavy upon us, God. We just lay them down by faith. God, even if we don't, even if we don't understand it, even if we don't feel anything right now, even if there's no tingles coming up and down our bodies, none of that matters, God. By faith, we lay these things down. We say, no more, Jesus. We want to put our eyes back on you, Lord. We want to keep our eyes on you as you walk us through this life, as you fulfill the plan. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. Father, you told Paul he was just burning with the story in his flesh. And three times he cried out to you, please take it from me, Lord. Take it from me, Lord. Take it from me, Lord. And Jesus, you called him God. You said, no, my grace is sufficient for you, Paul. But you say that to us this morning, God. Your grace, your grace, your grace is sufficient for us. Yes, Lord. Thanks for listening to Matt Noel Ministries Sermon Podcasts. I trust you were blessed by today's episode. We'll see you next time. God bless.